Hey mamas, I'm Alyssa, registered dietitian, picky eating specialist, and mama of two. You're listening to the Nutrition for Littles podcast, aimed at helping you raise healthy, independent eaters. Each week, we will tackle topics like picky eating, mealtime struggles, baby led weaning, and so much more. Let's jump right into today's topic. All right, you guys, here I am yet again telling you about something that I slept on for way too long. So have you heard of Daily Harvest before? Because I'd heard about it for probably years before I actually decided to try it. And once I tried it, I am never going back. First of all, Daily Harvest sends you a shipment of a ton of freezer-ready meals or even smoothies, which happen to be my favorite. There's also soups in there and side dishes and full-on meals that you can make at any time. Daily Harvest has saved me more times than I can count where I'm just having a hard day and need to make something really quickly, or I don't have dinner planned, or the plan that I had for dinner completely got messed up or I'm hungry in the middle of the day and I just need a freaking smoothie, but I don't have the time to put it all together myself. For those of you who may not know about Daily Harvest yet, this is a service where you can order these frozen meals with impeccable ingredients, whole foods, and delicious combinations coming right to your door, practically ready to eat. You just throw them in the oven, maybe even the microwave, heat them up on the stove, or put them in your blender and they are ready. And I just can't tell you how much I wish I could have gone back, especially in those early days of becoming a new mom, wishing I had a service just like this and that I wouldn't have slept on it for so long. There's a reason why a lot of people are talking about this. I absolutely love Daily Harvest and their options. Um, I'm going to leave a link down in the description box. You can check them out, learn more. You can actually save 40% with my code. So I'll drop that down in the description box as well. I hope you give them a try and you don't wait like I did. Let me know what you think. Uh, The smoothies are probably one of my favorite things they make, but I also have been really loving their Harvest Bakes. And I've been loving their flatbreads, soups, and their little bites have been really fun to have in the freezer as well. All right, let me know if you try them. Remember to use my code for 40% off. The link will be down in the description box as well. And now back to the show. Hey, 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 you guys, welcome back to another episode of Nutrition for Littles. I'm so excited that you are here today. I have a guest with me, uh, Christina Bruce, and in a second, I'm going to send it over to her to introduce herself, but I'm so grateful that she... um, accepted my invite to come on the podcast and chat to you all. We have some great content we're going to cover about body image and parenting and being a mom and working on our own body image. And it's going to be so good. I've also had Christina on my other podcast, The Mama Well as well. So I'll make sure to link that episode down below. It's kind of a little bit more tailored to you and your body image for mom. Um, And so we're just going to kind of have a quick conversation and chat through some of those struggles and what we can do. So Christina, can you take a second and introduce yourself to my listeners, let them know who you are and what you do? Oh, thanks for inviting me on, Alyssa. It's great to be here. Absolutely. So yeah, so um, I'm a body acceptance coach. So really what I do is I work with women who have for a long time probably struggled with their body in some way, you know, not having the best relationship with it. A lot of times uh, it it tends to be a focus around weight. So weight gain, lots of history of trying all the diets, the exercise programs, probably having lost some weight at one point and then maybe gained some back or just 
getting to a point where it's becoming really challenging and difficult to keep the weight down. And you just, you know, they just don't want to do it anymore. They're like, how can I just feel okay in my body without this constant struggle? I don't want to be living my whole entire life, you know, worrying about what I eat, killing myself at the gym. Um, And so we kind of start from there and we work on how can we bring more acceptance to our body and kind of have a different relationship to it where we're still focused on you know, being healthy and feeling good in ourselves, but it's not contingent on how much you weigh or, you know, even taking some of the emphasis off of uh, appearance being, you know, where we get our value and worth from. Oh, I love all that so much. I think, you know, I think we can probably all relate to this desire to want to lose weight. And, you know, I've even met very thin people that I would never think in a million years they feel that way. And they still are like, oh, I, I wish I could lose this weight or I wish I had smaller hips or whatever it might be, you know. And I think this idea of body acceptance is really revolutionary, unfortunately. <laughs> but, um, you know, the media and companies really depend on us hating ourselves, right? I mean, they really do. And especially as moms, I feel like we are just preyed upon like no other group and told that we need to have our body bounce back and made us look like we've never had kids. And, you know, really the idea of this like mom bod, Brooke and I over at the Mama Well are trying to change this idea of what the mom bod means. (laughs) But a lot of people think it's like this really negative thing when in fact, it's a really beautiful thing. And I love this idea of body acceptance. So can you talk a little bit about, um, kind of what's out there around we've heard like body positivity and body love and body acceptance and body neutrality and all these sorts of things. Can you break down some of those movements and why you specifically use the word body acceptance? Because I think that's just so mm. perfect. Yeah, it's it's a big it's a big question. Yeah, it is. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I would say so body positivity is what's gotten the most pickup kind of right. in the mainstream. And it really started um, out of a fat liberation movement. So mm-hmm. it was really a group of um, fat activists who were um, just really tired of constantly being discriminated against, mm-hmm. um, you know, especially in, it shows up a lot in healthcare, um, but just generally in society. So it was kind of like, hey, like, fat people exist. Like, you don't need to erase us. We're not just all thin people stuck inside a fat body, body, you know, Mm -hmm. body diversity is real, and it exists. And like, let's stop the discrimination against fat bodies. So that was really the origin of body positivity, kind of, you know, what it's maybe morphed into now. um, I would say there's still an element of that, you know, it's, it's about, it's about really just celebrating size diversity is, it's kind of the core of it. Um, body love. I mean, I, I'm not really sure because I think everybody uses it, might use it in a little bit of a different way. For for some people, it could be about just bringing love to your body, you know, feeling good about your body. I would say it's kind of along the way, the, the way of um, body positivity. How it's interpreted by people, though, can be very different and how it's used. So some people might say like, oh, well, dieting is body love. You know, I'm loving my body by losing weight because we are told that uh, weight loss is always good and that it's healthy, even though that's not actually the case. It's not the weight loss in and of itself that makes people healthier. It's just that's kind of a big misunderstanding. Um, so it's, you know, different ways that people might use body love. Um, you talked about body neutrality and I would say that, uh, so body neutrality is more about, 
you that you're just kind of okay with your body as it is. It's like it neutralizes kind of the significance of the size of your body and how it looks in your life. So you're not putting all of your focus, you know, on your body. It's not the thing in your life that defines your value and your worth in this world. Mm. And then it comes to body acceptance. So I would say that there really is for me in body acceptance, all the kind of elements of body positivity, love and neutrality. To me, I look at it as it's meeting ourselves where we're at right now. So it's like, how can I accept that this is what my body looks like right now? This is what my body is able to do or not do. And how can I start treating my body with more kindness? You know, how can I start to have a relationship with my body that really is loving? You know, what does health look like for me if it doesn't mean trying to change my body or, um, follow certain diet plans or exercise plans. It's, for me, it's really about coming back to our hearts, to our intuition and allowing us ourselves to be guided from that place and not fighting and resisting our body in the process. So it's yeah. the opposite of resisting. I do want to talk about one thing I want to mention about acceptance, because a lot of people can actually have a negative uh, association to the word acceptance. Mm. They can think of it as like giving up yeah. or this is something I don't like. And well, now I'm stuck with it. And I, I can under, I can understand that idea of it, but the way that I look at it is if we're, if we're resisting what is we're in struggle, we're creating stress. And we think that this is the only option for us. This is the only way that we can live life or move forward is to be in resistance. And what I'm saying is that it's actually not. There's a new and different way that we can live life that we are still actually moving forward, but without the fight and without the stress. And that's where acceptance comes in. And sometimes we may not even know what that looks like. We don't even know how do I act like, well, how do I be in this world? How do I be in relationship to myself if I'm not always trying to change something? Yeah, It can be totally different and new and uh, and kind of flipping everything upside down. So I would say to me, acceptance is actually, it's very active, but it's coming from a very different place, the actions that you start to take. And in my experience, it comes from a more peaceful place, a calmer place and a more loving place. And then that is actually what's going to nourish true health and happiness is through that acceptance process rather than the resistance. Oh gosh, I love all of that so much. I think, you know, I think a lot of us can relate. And if you're if you're listening to this and you're just not sure if you're on board with this, you're like, I don't, I don't know, this doesn't sound right. You know, I I know I need to lose weight, or my doctor told me I need to lose weight, or I really I can't accept where I'm at now. I just want to let you know that I've I've been there too. I know Christina has a past with this as well, but I remember just living in this really temporary place. My body is temporary. I'm going to lose the weight. I shouldn't even buy clothes because that's just giving in. And I shouldn't buy the clothes that fit me. I should wait until I lose the weight. And I should wait to go on the vacation for me to lose the weight. And I should wait to have kids until I lose the weight. And I should wait, 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 wait. And meanwhile, my life was passing me by. 
because it was temporary, right? It was just so temporary. And I was making decisions that were not sustainable because I thought, well, this is temporary. I'll do this 30-day diet or I'll exercise every day for 30 days until I lose the weight. And then I'll do more sustainable things. Once I hit my goal weight, then I'll start with the healthy habits, right? And this was just my belief for so long. And you're exactly right. I was in resistance with my body. I I always kind of put my fist together and I say, this is how it feels. I'm, I'm working against my body. And when I started leaning into this idea of acceptance, you're exactly right. That feeling to me was like, oh, I'm giving up. I'm giving up. I'm giving in. I'm letting it go. I'm letting myself go. When in reality, it was just walking next to my body and saying, hey, we're, we're in this together. We're going to work together. We're going to find ways that are healthy for us together. Because what I was doing in the temporary trying to change my body, you know, wasn't sustainable. It wasn't actually healthy. I was doing very unhealthy behaviors in my brain for a very short amount of time to get me to a place of health. Like you were saying, trying to say weight equals health, which is just not true. And once I hit this healthy, quote unquote, weight, then I'll start taking care of myself. Then I'll love myself. Then I'll do this. And I cannot tell you how many women I've met who maybe did hit their goal weight. And they said, I hated myself more than I've ever hated myself before. And the truth of the matter is what we're doing to control our outside body is very difficult. I remember one of the things that drew to, drew me to you. One of the first posts I saw you post was this idea of, you know, trying to hold on to your weight at an unhealthy weight for you or, you know, doing all these really unhealthy things. It feels like you're trying to hold a beach ball underwater and one slip up one mistake and all of a sudden it pops back up. So if that's you, if you're, you know, feeling this as we're talking, I want you to know there is a way that you can work with your body and find what's healthy for you. You know, what's healthy for me moving my body may be very different from the person across the street. In fact, I know it is. I know my neighbors. I know it's very different what our bodies can sustain and what is healthy long-term for us. And it also depends what season you're in. And so what we really want to say here, you know, and, and coming back to this idea that weight doesn't equal health is that our media, our world, our culture has really told us this lie that if we hit a certain weight, then we'll be healthy. And what Christina was kind of saying was when in fact, it's the habits that we're building, it's the way we live our life, the small mundane moments that build up to our health. And this is what we believe. And that will eventually get you to your healthiest weight. But it's not probably going to be the weight that an app told you, or maybe even you've come up with in your head or your I don't know, professor from college told you or even your doctor told you it might be a very unique weight to you. And and the beauty that can come from that of accepting your body as it is, accepting what you you can do, what is in your control to create your most healthiest self um, is really beautiful and, and quite uh, liberating in and of itself because you're no longer bound by rules and numbers and ons and offs and and off the wagon and on the wagon and black and white thinking. Instead, you're just really free to take care and nourish your body, which I think what you said was just beautiful. It just comes from a different place, a place of real, deep, meaningful love with your body. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your work, because you've been doing this work for a long time, how your work has kind of shifted or even maybe your mindset has shifted or what has changed for you since becoming a mom? Because you had a little one seven months ago, which is crazy to me. I still thought, I thought she was like four or five months. <laughs> Time just goes so fast. Um, but can you speak to that a little bit now that you're a mom as well? Yeah. I mean, I do consider myself um, very lucky that I started doing this work for myself well before I had her. Um, you know, one of the reasons that I started into this is I knew how I felt about my body, thinking it was one of the most important things about me in terms of my value and my worth was 
not only did it was it influenced by the society that we live in absolutely it's also was very generational so it there was a you know I, i come from a long line of women who have been very concerned about their weight and always trying to lose weight and i learned pretty early on that that was something that was really important to them and something that i always felt like i could never measure up to so you know part of me even really wanting to initially when i had gone through losing weight and you know did that for a long time was so that i could feel like i was enough you know so i could feel like i i could be loved by them and the irony was is like i don't ever remember it, it I, i was expecting like more praise and adoration to come from them because that's i'd seen them give it to other people and I would get like a little comment here or there but for the most part they didn't say so much. So I remember even thinking like feeling slightly disappointed in that. Um but I knew how growing up this way and everything that I was doing to try to feel okay never it just I always felt bad about myself and I knew I didn't want to pass this on. Like I I I I I wanted a daughter and I got a daughter. <laughs> um I think because I really wanted the opportunity to to do it different and I wanted to stop the generational like chain of body hatred really or dissatisfaction in this in this chain of dieting. So that was really important to me. Um but like I said because I've already done so much body acceptance work with myself and it's something that I think is kind of always ongoing and evolving because our bodies are always changing. Um is that you might hear her in the background. I love it. <laughs> she's be, she's becoming very vocal. Um is uh is that you know noticing how my body has changed since having her and being more accepting of it. You know like not being so concerned or upset about the fact that you know my stomach is different than it was before that maybe my hips are a little bit bigger or whatever the case may be. So it's just even more important to me now to keep doing this work because uh, I know how important it is. Um also too what really <laughs> came up for me You know, I found postpartum very difficult. I went through a really tough first 6 months, really. You know, a little bit of postpartum depression. It was it was very difficult and I can't imagine if I had layered on top of that this idea that I needed to lose this weight or you know, change my body in any way. I can't imagine the stress that would have put on me and so it's something that just makes me even more passionate about this work that I'm doing is because I just want moms to know that like you don't have to layer that on top of everything else. Yeah. Like your body is okay just as it is. Like you know, if we lived in a culture that actually honored that, you know, and we'd feel very differently about our bodies like the way you know fat on the body and the way it's distributed and what not we're taught is ugly we're taught it's unattractive we're taught it's unhealthy you know if we only saw it differently you know we'd feel very differently about how our bodies are mm-hmm. it's not that our bodies are factually ugly or unattractive because of this weight if that was the case 
that would be true throughout history and throughout cultures. Mm-hmm. And it's not. Right. <laughs> you know, it's how cultures and, and history has viewed bodies has changed over time. It's it's a result of cultural belief. And yes, it sucks that we're in this time right now that decides that, okay, this particular body type is what we revere, but we can take that back. You know, we can just, we, we don't have to believe that anymore. Right. And especially after having a baby, like that's the one thing, that's absolutely one thing that we don't have to put on ourselves anymore. Yeah, I love that. And Christina, I'm so sorry you went through that. I, I too, had a similar experience postpartum. Um, I don't know many women who are like, oh, I've totally thrived in the postpartum period. And then we add on all these hormones and and changes and all this pressure. And I think you're exactly right. There's so much, so many stories being told in, in culture and in communities and within our families and our own generations that have built up these beliefs that we're holding on to. And we don't even realize they're beliefs. And sometimes when we talk about beliefs, it can feel really abstract and out there like, oh, I don't I don't hold those beliefs. Like if I were to point blank ask someone, do you think that someone is more or less valuable based on their weight? They wouldn't say yes or no, right? But the way that we act, the way that we, the, maybe the things that we say, the choices that we make are actually rooted in some of those beliefs. And, you know, I would assume for it's true for you, although it's not true for everybody, but no one really probably got sat down by their mom and was told, hey, this is what I think of people in larger bodies. This is what I think of people in thinner bodies. You can't have this much weight on you. Otherwise, I no longer love you. Like most moms and parents and aunts and uncles and anyone who's part of that tribe, right, of helping raise the child or raise us, likely didn't sit us down and say that to us. But these are the beliefs that we started to believe as children, especially when our minds were still so malleable. And honestly, our brains still are quite malleable. And so picking up these small beliefs, we just continue to see these patterns. And um, really, it's proven through little pieces of evidence of how someone's treated when they walk into the gym or a little comment that's made here and there. And we all are coming to the table with different beliefs. And That's, I think you made such a great point of this is what culture tells us. And we can even just look back over the course of my lifetime, if not even a few decades before, of the different bodies that were idolized, right? We can go all the way from like Marilyn Monroe to Kate Moss to all these different people. The bodies are so drastically different. And that's because the goalposts are moving, right? And that's intentional. That's intentional because if the goalposts aren't moving and we accept bodies as they are, especially mom bods and embrace them and, um, and cherish them and really recognize them for the beauty that they are, they're going to sell a whole heck of a lot less product, right? And this is a billion dollar, multi-billion dollar industry. I think the last I saw was like $78 billion a year or something insane. And so it really is dependent on us not feeling good enough, not feeling worthy enough. And I think, you know, bringing this back to being a parent, having a little extra pressure, but I think it's good pressure of saying, hey, we can do this differently for our kids. And maybe we can avoid or soften the blow of those beliefs being rooted in our children so that they don't have to think the things that we thought about our own bodies. And I think that is such an encouraging message to moms listening, saying, hey, it gets to be different for your daughter, for your son, for your grandkids, for even just your nieces and nephews you have influence over. Be that light. And actually, that's another quote that I know you've said in our podcast before is be the lighthouse. And be the one that shows people that, hey, I'm going to pursue health in my own way and I'm going to value my body and I'm going to show up worthy knowing that my weight has nothing to do with how much I am worth in this world, even if society is trying to tell me something different. And so 
What are some steps do you think that moms can take right now if they're realizing like, oh, hey, I believe this. I really want to strive for this. I struggle with my own body image. I speak negatively to myself. I'm constantly jumping from diet to diet. Or um, I don't want my daughter to think about her body the way that I thought about mine. What are some steps that mom can take right now to make a difference? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'll mention a few. And and actually, it's it's one thing that I just wanted to mention is I I have a free downloadable guide called the Guide to Body Acceptance. That's really just for you know the the beginning steps of like how can I start to um, down this down this path. So I just want to yeah I just want to mention that that I do list several things in there. Um, and that's in the description the things- box. I just want to let everyone know the link to that will be in the description <laughs> box. So you can check that out and download that as well. Okay, sorry, keep yeah, going. Um, no, no, that's okay. Um, I, I would say for me, one of the things that was um, that really started was following people on social media and listening to podcasts that shared this message. Mm. So, uh, you know, I know this might not be the path for everybody, but obviously somebody's listening to a podcast now. So yeah. <laughs> podcasts are there. Um, if you look up, like, I know there's like the body image podcast, um, you know, food psych by Christy Harrison is, is one. Um, there are several ones out there where you're just going to start to get a different perspective and you're going to start to hear different things about, you know, weight and health and body image that maybe you've just never heard before. And that I find is really important and following people on social media who are sharing this message. Like I would say like you could look up a hashtag of say like body positivity, but I would be a little bit careful with that these days because yeah. that's a term that people have now just used can also use for weight loss. Yeah. And to get <laughs> eyes, you, can, you know, unfortunately. Yeah. And I mean you can start there and the the best thing to notice is like, is this person um sharing a, a true body positive message or or are they still like hawking weight loss and diets and stuff? Mm-hmm. Um but exposing yourself to different body types on social media, people who are living you know, happy lives in a larger body is important because we see the opposite, you know, all of the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But first, I just really another thing to do is just start questioning, like, where did I, where did I learn how I feel about my body? Mm -hmm. Um, One of I actually in, in my guide, one of the I have a little like visualization kind of meditation to start with. And I can't remember if I shared this on your other podcast, but I like to call it the the desert island um, or deserted island meditation is if you could, you know, imagine yourself that you grew up on a deserted island and you were the only human there. And I say that I like to say it's a magical island. You know, you were never lonely. You had all the things you like. You know, it's a great place, great place to grow up. But you're the only human. So you've never seen another human body before. And to really sit and meditate, how would I feel about my body mm-hmm. if I had literally no concept of of what a quote unquote good body is, yeah. what a quote unquote attractive body is, um, how a body's supposed to move, how a body's supposed to look, quote unquote. Um, how would I feel about mine? And really, and that can be like a tougher meditation, but to consider it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to say that when you really sit there and get down to it, you know, even ask like, do I think about it that much? You know, am I even really concerned so much about my body or is it just 
the vehicle that is moving me to experience my world. So because so much of how we view our body is conditioned, it's, it's almost like brainwashing <laughs> and we absorb it growing up as children through media sources, through our family, through our own experiences. And so we don't even realize like we just absorb this and we just think it's like I said, we think it's fact, but it's really conditioning. It's a set of ideas. And I like to say, how does it make you feel? And if it makes you feel bad about yourself, then that's a good indication that that's actually not really then true. Mm -hmm. Because at the core of our being, you know, we actually love ourselves. We're actually okay with our bodies. It's when we have beliefs that are in conflict with that is when we start to feel bad about ourselves. Mm -hmm. So does it make me feel bad how I view myself? And I, I need to start questioning where did I learn this? You know, do I really want to, to, is this even really true? You know, how I think about my body, how I feel about it. What might life be like if I didn't think this about myself? Could it be possible that there's a different way to view my body? So to really, so exposure, exposure to different ideas about, you know, weight and health, different ideas, exposure to different body sizes, start following people who are not like fitness people and you know just all look like anybody that you see in a magazine or on tv and um and questioning you know starting to to kind of take some time to question these conditioned beliefs that we have about our bodies does it make me feel bad is the best place to start to question yeah i think that's such a great place and and just a reminder here that it is not bad to have a desire to lose weight uh, the the end all game is to what you're saying is to really work on our health from the inside out and that means choosing things that make you internally feel your best and when our decisions are rooted in trying to lose weight trying to look a certain way try to change our body to a certain i, I don't know uh I can't think of the word. Of course, it's 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 skipping my brain right now. But trying to change our outside appearance when our choices are rooted in that, it's just it's not going to be sustainable. And when we can actually internally feel like you're saying, really look inward and say, how am I feeling about my body? What is true, and and what do I need to do to support and love this body that I have right now? Is just so much more empowering and long lasting. And I think that's what we all want, right? Like at the core of it, we all want to be healthy for the rest of our lives as long as we possibly can hold on to true long lasting health. That's what we want. And we've unfortunately just been sold this idea that all our bodies are supposed to look the same, which is absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> I mean, there was actually a video it's called poodle science on youtube have you seen it yeah yes. that was one of the first Very good. yes that was one of the first videos i remember watching it you know it's been up for years of just making me question say oh hmm i never thought of it that way and isn't it so silly isn't it so silly that we're all trying to chase the exact same body type in our culture when we are all so beautifully different. And instead of celebrating our differences, we're all forced into this box of saying that's exactly what I need to look like. It's just not reality for us. And even, you know, if you and I worked out the exact same and ate the same foods, our bodies would just never be the same because we're genetically different. And so instead, again, working alongside your body, working with your body is one of the best things we can do. So I absolutely love that. I think there's two just this extra layer of motivation and kind of something to propel us to say, hey, 
for my kids, this gets to be different and we're not going to get it perfectly, right? (laughs) We're going to say something wrong, right? Or we're going to do something that maybe we wish would have come off differently to our children. And that's okay. That's okay to repair and have an open dialogue with your kids, especially as they get older and into those teenage years or preteen years where they're really struggling to have those open communications with them, to discuss with them what things look like and feel like and how they're feeling about their body or comments maybe someone made at school or comments maybe they make. Having this open communication is so valuable and saying that the next generation is going to get a little bit closer to truly loving and accepting themselves from the beginning. And then they get to pass that on and continue to improve upon it. And I think that's really motivating to me to say, hey, maybe even within my lifetime, I get to see my future generations grow up a very different way than my generation did. And that's really encouraging and really inspiring. Um, Do you have any advice? I know your little one is still so little and you're not quite having conversations or anything like that. Um, But do you have any recommendations of maybe things that you might say in your household or or, um, ways that you might answer questions that might come in from kids specifically on how to handle the topic of body positivity or body acceptance with younger ones, like maybe preteens or even a little younger than that? Yeah, I mean, I think that the, from from what I hear, because again, like you said, I haven't experienced it yet, but I have heard um, there are kids who are coming home and it's really, the topic is about fatness. Yeah. You know, it's so-and-so called me fat or this person is fat. And I think one of, to, to really check in and notice with ourselves, like, how do we feel about fatness? Mm-hmm. You know, does that, even just saying that word, mm-hmm. you know, can, can almost feel like, can, might bring up some tension or anxiety for people because it's, it's seen as it's used as a bad word. Right. I mean, the fact that it's used to shame and attack people mm-hmm. says right there, you know, how we think about it. So to check in with ourselves firstly and notice like, what is my relationship to fatness? How do I view it? And if if we have a fraught relationship with it, then it's going to probably be a little difficult when um, a little one comes up and starts to ask us questions about it. So, you know, often a common response is if somebody says, I'm fat, they might say, no, you're not fat, you're beautiful, which yeah. right there shows like, okay, well, then fat must be ugly. Right. Right. So because what happens if they are a little fat, mm-hmm. you know, what what happens if, if they got called that, like, ha- to, to come at it firstly with a neutrality, you know, or to just know that, like, it's just a descriptor it doesn't mean that you're good or bad starting to have that conversation, like, so how does that maybe make you feel? Or what do you think about that? And get a sense of, of what their understanding of it is. And then to start to have a conversation around, you know, I mean, I, I, I think about this sometimes as, you know, I'm like, okay, I wonder what, if my daughter's body type is going to be anything like mine, then she's likely going to be prone to carry weight on her. And mm-hmm. so I'm going to have to have that conversation to say, you know, like fatness actually isn't bad. And unfortunately, we're going to hear in our culture and the society right now, people have a very big misunderstanding about that. Right. And they've come to believe that it's a bad thing. And it's actually really not. And, and bodies and so many bodies are different and bodies are actually supposed to have that on them. So just starting to shift it because that might be like the only place that they'll hear that. And if they're going to hear it from the person who, you know, really loves them the most, then that will at least have more of an impact. Right. And there's a chance, there's a chance for change there. 
know, most of us grew up where our, our mothers were dieting and always trying to lose weight. So there was no safe haven. You know, there was no place that we were able to see it any differently. And we could, could be that, um, that person for them. So just making it neutral to see it's not a bad thing, maybe even to say that it could be a good thing, you know, and that again is really, it's going to come down to though to doing our work. We have to start to tease out and have an okay relationship with it ourselves to the best of our ability. Mm-hmm. It's not going to be perfect. I want to say that, like, I talk about this, um, this, is, this can be very deep work. You know, this can be tough work. It took a long time for me get, to get to a point where I could start body acceptance work. I remember when I first kind of came across the idea of intuitive eating, I, I was like, I can't do that. I'm going to, I'm going to gain weight. Mm-hmm. So it took me like a good year to even kind of gather up the courage and be able to have kind of a capacity to, to go down that road because you know, it, it can go pretty deep. So I just want to say that like, it's, I, it, it, like you said, it's not wrong to want to lose weight. You know, it's not, I mean, I did it for so many years myself. Um, but it's when you kind of get to this point where you would like it to be different, it's okay to understand that it's not easy yeah. and that this takes a lot of time. It's taken me years to do this work. Right. It's ongoing work, you know, so you can evolve together, like just having that that desire or intention for it to be different for our children can be what motivates us to start to make it different, you know, for ourselves. Yeah. I think, you know, I say that actually too about picky eating and eating, you know, a variety of foods and the best thing we can do as parents is model it. And this is true too in this entire realm as well of health and body image is when we do the work, when we work on our own body image and on our own health and take that seriously and honor and respect our bodies, the bodies that were given to us, that is the best thing we can do. If you're overwhelmed with having conversations with your kids about these sort of things, the best thing you can do, and if it's the only thing you can do, that is wonderful, is model the behavior. Have, you know, work on your own body image, have body acceptance, lean into that work with your body and not against it, you know, eat food, (laughs) nourish yourself regularly, eat a variety of foods. All of this plays a huge role. Research is so, so clear that our kids are going to model us. It's monkey see, monkey do, right? They're not, even if we say all the right things, but we're doing something else, they're going to choose what we're doing. And that's probably true for us. When we look at our parents and whoever raised us and whoever was around us, we're likely some iteration of that. Um, Probably not too far off. And at the very least, even if you don't want to be anything like them, you're likely using what they did to impact what you're choosing to do instead, right? Of saying, oh, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to do this other thing. And so that's just true. It's modeling the behavior is so important for our kids. So I think that's a really great place to leave it. It's honestly one of my core beliefs as well for pick eating, for everything we want to see in our kids, the behaviors we want them to exhibit. Of course, they're going to push boundaries. They're going to try to test things out and, you know, know, uh, have their own autonomy. But at the end of the day, how we show up to them, with them, you know, in this world while they're watching is so, so pivotal. Um, And I think that's really important. I will say too, if anyone's kind of struggling with this, if anyone's tuning in going, whoa, this is too much. I I don't know if I'm on board with this. That's okay too. Like Christina said, and I too, when I first learned all this stuff was like, I don't think so, right? Like I went to school to become a nutritionist, to become a dietitian. And I was taught almost I would say parallel, like complete opposites of what I actually teach now and what I believe now to be true about our bodies and food um, in a lot of ways. And so it's just good to remember that this is just 
a different different opinion, a different way to go about it. And again, over on the Mama Well podcast, which I host with Brooke, my BFF and also dietitian, we talk a lot about this and we we break down this fear of what if I gain weight or what does weight actually mean and how do I honor my health without just eating the whole pantry all the time, all those sorts of things. So we talk all about that on the Mama Well. If you want to learn more, you can do that as well. And then Christina, I would love for you to share um, how they can get in touch with you. I know, are you still on break for maternity leave as well? Or are you starting to take clients? What does that look like in your future? Yeah, I'm on like a half break right now. Perfect. I'm, I'm kind of slowly starting to take in some very, um, very small number of clients right Love now. That. But um, I think actually starting September of this year, I'll definitely be opening up more spaces. So Perfect. I'll kind of be, yeah, more full force come September 2022. Great. <laughs> awesome. Yeah, I'm like just slowly starting to creep back into it now that's wonderful um, but I'm you know I still post quite regularly yeah. on my Instagram which is at Christina Bruce coach um, Facebook I pretty much share everything at Facebook if that's people's preferred platform um, and also at christinabruce.com is where people can download the guide to body acceptance and to me that's like my my, play, my start here. <laughs> awesome. I love that. Christina, thanks for coming on and chatting with us. I know this is a big, big topic for moms and their children, and this is such a great um, way to share about it. So thanks so much for coming on. I really enjoyed it. Um, everything she just talked about will be linked in the description box below. So if you guys want to download her guide or follow her on Instagram, you can click the links in the description box. Thank you so much for tuning in, and I will see you next week. Thank you so much for tuning in today. I hope you're walking away with some tangible ways to bring peace to your mealtimes. And if you like this episode, please subscribe and tell all your mom friends. And as always, the best compliment you can give me is leaving a rating and written review, which also helps other mamas like you find this podcast too. You can find more from me on Instagram at Nutrition for Littles. Do you have a question you'd like me to answer on the podcast? Email me at alyssa at nutritionforlittles.com. All right, until next time, mamas.